the true mirror of your destiny is not a physical mirror it is the word of god that is who you are it's time for testing it's time for testimonies oh somebody i can't hear you it's time for testing This morning, I want to thank my father in the Lord, Reverend Elvis Ajiman, and my mother, Lady Councillor Mercy Ajiman, for this opportunity. I do not take it lightly at all. It's always a privilege to stand in front of the saints of God to share testimonies with you. Hallelujah. Before we share the testimonies, let's please, with all humility, honor the anointing. Let's honor the anointing that keeps working in this ministry. Celebrate the anointing that keeps working in this ministry. Even when we don't feel him, he's working. Even when we don't see him, he's working. Celebrate the anointing. And the anointed man of God, this end time general, the end time apostle that God keeps using, not just to bless this ministry, but the world at large. Celebrate our Father in the Lord. My Father, your Father, celebrate him. Papa, we celebrate you. We honor the grace and oil upon your life. Shall we kindly resume our seat? Oh, tell your neighbor, this year is extraordinary. Oh, you don't believe it. Say it again. This year is extraordinary. All you need is to hold on to the word of God. All you need is to hold on to the word of God. God bless you. Shall we kindly invite our brother, Mr. Edward? As he comes, let's receive him with a clap of hands. If our sister Priscilla is here, she can also join us. Mr. Edward, what has God through this ministry done for you this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. I feel very honored to be standing before this holy altar and before the saints of God. I joined this ministry on the 7th of November last year. And before I joined this ministry, I was having serious um, stomach conditions since um, 2002. Um, in 2013, I went to the hospital and I was diagnosed of ulcer. So, um, fasting is something, I, I don't do it, I, I won't do it. If you tell me to do it, I won't do it. Or if I, if I should do it, the maximum should be 12 o'clock and I have to be taking water throughout. But when I joined, I think that on the 7th, the evening was, um, we had the... Uh, the North Deck Week of the communion service. The communion yes. service, okay. The communion service in the evening. So when uh, I came, when I was taking the communion, I told God, there's no way I would take this communion mm. and this stomach problem which has been with me. It can't stay together. It can't it's stay. not possible. Mm. I just said it. And shortly we, we had the North Deck Week of Grace. Okay. We we're supposed to fast within that period. I, I, I made a conscious effort to fast. And my fasting, I, I wasn't breaking at 6 o'clock. I come to church service and go back home, sometimes at 10 before I break. And with, I did all. And you did all the, the seven I, days. I did all the seven days. 
I did all the seven days mm. and I couldn't feel the pain. You didn't feel I the didn't, I, pain? No. Nothing? Nothing at all. Ah, somebody celebrate Jesus. Then this 14 days, um, the push. The push. I did all. You did all, all again. All. Ah, no pain. This is this, um, this is exactly a week we, we mm. completed the fast, and up till now, I'm not, I, I'm not no, feeling I'm anything. My any symptom, any pain. Ah. And the second part, my second testimony um, was on the 30, the 31st of December. Okay. Um, when. That he was ministering. Okay. During the ministration, I think it was about time for offertory. I just I took twenty Ghana cities and I placed it in an envelope. I had promotion in twenty seventeen at work. Twenty seventeen. Yes, promotion. And I, yes, and I was supposed to get some salary arrears. Okay. But it never came. It never came. And I have not spoken to anybody about okay. it. Okay. So you were promoted, but the salary the, to come with it didn't come. Exactly. In twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. But twenty eighteen, it reflected. Okay. The twenty seventeen, it didn't come. I have not spoken to anybody. I have not written to that effect. But when I took their money, I told God, I know these people have been cheating me all this while, okay. but I want you to work for me. And okay. I dropped the twenty seven. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, 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 somebody celebrate Jesus. I got an alert about two weeks ago from bank and I, I know no I don't have this money sitting in my account mm -hmm. and I know my credit balance okay. I don't have this money so I was like what is going on mm -hmm. I wanted to wait and get my payslip so I think a week later I got access to my payslip and lo and behold 2017 has been paid have been paid somebody give Jesus a shout my God as you celebrate Jesus arrears arrears restoration what you think you have lost for good is coming back to you. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Look into the eyes of somebody say, there is God in this house. There is. No, mean it, mean it. Tell the person there is God in this house. Listen, you don't have a sickness. You've just not encountered communion. <laughs> for how many years? Since 2002. Since 2002. So how many years? Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we give you the of ulcer and God rubbishes it just like that thank you Jesus that what looks like it is lost just connecting to the sermon with an offering you see if you are contacting an altar contact it with meaning he said she, he told himself that these people have been stealing from me. 
And that 31st night altar responded in two ways. The arrears were paid without him looking for it, asking for it. And we still doubt the potency of God. I lift up my hands for somebody here. Whatever condition in your body is destroyed this morning. Amen. What a glory we have here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for fulfilling your word. If there is anybody lacking promotion, anybody who have lost something that it looks like you will never have it back, on the power of this testimony, I command a release and a restoration. Amen. For many years may you be restored. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody clap your hands and give Jesus glory. Amen. Hallelujah. tiny voice sorry okay so um i joined this church last year october and i haven't been in church for more than five years not because i didn't want to be, go to church but i wasn't really sure the kind of church i want to go to so um i have i haven't also worked for at some time now like five years and i place my trust in people okay. in high authorities so i'll ask them that oh connection connect me here connect me there and there's always disappointment for five years for more than five years so i was scrolling through facebook and i saw papa's preaching it was a laugh clinic okay so i was like oh, wow this is interesting wow so i i boxed on then i saw another preaching it just, like he kept popping up okay so i decided to follow up then one day i decided okay i want to come to this church okay. because i need the direction of god in my life I need God to direct me on what I should do. So when I came to this church, I wasn't coming because I needed a job. I came because um, I needed God's direction. Okay. So a lady was making a testimony about a job. Okay. And I was like, God, if this is what you want me to do, then let it come to pass. And already I had spoken to a big man like that and for more than seven months, he, it wasn't forthcoming. I was asking for a job. So when I came to church on Sunday, the Monday, the man texts me, Prisla, what are you doing? I want to see you. Mm. And I'm like, me, I'm traveling now. I won't be able to see you. But I wasn't traveling. Now I made sure I'm Then she was like, okay, Prisla. Then immediately he called me on WhatsApp. And he said, this is an interview. Mm. I'm like, wow. So we spoke. He told me that, oh. There is an oil and gas business they've started, and he wants me to join. He wants you to join yes. after seven months asking him for a job. Yes, please. After After believing the lady's testimony. Yes. Ah. Five years of being jobless. So, in fact, I was scared. I, I am actually having anxiety. So, going for an interview and stuff, even stand, standing here, I'm a bit shaky. So it was like, don't worry, just go for the interview. So I went for the interview and everybody was nice. Then he said, you are starting work the next day. Give the Lord a shout. Listen, 
Do you know why we ask that you share what God is doing? You are selfish if you keep it. Because somebody's testimony may be connected to your own. There is, there is no faith unless there is a hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. The word of God there is no logos. It's rema. Things that he does. The life word. Something like testimonies. When somebody else hears it, it's an energy that comes into the person. Then the next thing is a testimony. So, is it the Sunday you, that was the first Sunday you came to church? I came to this church. <laughs> I think this, okay, okay. Is it, what testimony did you hear? That person got it the first time or what? Basically, I think the first time I came, it was you were preaching about service. Okay, it service. Was, yeah, it was October. Then you preached Addiction Day, follow me. Sunday. It was Sister Dory. Sister Dory. Yes. Wow. Because I remember another lady too that came here for the first time. And also got a huge... Yes, Sister Rachel. Yes, also got a huge job. And then, five years you have not been going to church. Oh, God. You know, I received a message in the course of this week. A person telling me that I don't go to church. I don't. I don't. But I can't stop listening to you. Said I don't. What happened that many children of God have refused to join his church? Because this is his body. This is what he recommends for us. Lift up your hands. Shout this loud and clear. Any power. Resisting the children of God from being part of the church. We bind it in the name of Jesus. Shall we release the people of God into the right churches in the mighty name of Jesus? So for five years, no job, five years, no church. Enters church the first time, job comes. That means. The job was waiting for her to connect to the right church. And it comes. You are established forever. Amen. And anybody that believes this testimony to and connects to it, you are also established forever. Amen. May this testimony beget more testimonies. Amen. In Jesus' name. Somebody celebrate Jesus one more time. This is my of miracles everything is working for my good oh oh I am the of rain everything is working for my good oh oh this is my
When the car is one is becoming two, when houses one is. Do you believe Jesus for that? Hallelujah. You are still speaking on increase and the things that are made for a person walking in extreme increase in this kingdom of God. And I am pleading with you that you, I'm pleading with you that you open up your heart for the word of the living God. Yesterday in the cell meetings, we spoke and discussed a very important subject that we need to have serious fruitfulness in our work with God and in a year like this. According to Luke chapter 8, verse 5 to verse um, 15. And we saw that there is one good seed. The word of God is always good, ready to bear fruit. But we also understood that the word of God is not a fruit. A fruit, fruit is for consumption, seed is for planting. And when the Bible described the word of God as a seed, that means that it has been positioned in such a way that you don't just consume it. So the fact that you read the scripture doesn't mean that that scripture will start working for you at that moment. You should understand it's for planting. It's for planting and then growth happens so you can get your fruit out of it. So yesterday we got an understanding that every word of God is a seed and must be processed. And then we saw the different fields which are different types of hearts that can stop the fruitfulness of the word. And we saw the wayward heart and wayward-sided heart that um, the Bible says that when such a heart receives the word what happens is that satan comes through and steals it then i was sharing with myself meeting uh, myself family that that wayside you can you can we can exemplarize it in such a way that if you enter my house now and you find money on the floor okay you know very well that this money is for someone because it's in the domain of someone. But when you step out of the house and then you find money on the street, what happens is that you can pick it up because the street is known as no man's land. It's not for anybody. 
That is how some hearts looks like. When the word of God is planted in certain hearts, it is not kept. It is not guarded. It's not protected. So it's like a wayside. The devil can just step in. So somebody asked me a question. How can my heart not be a waysided heart? How can I have my heart closed? And then the answer was in the verse 15. That says that the one that receives has a, a good a soil. is a heart. The verse 15 says, but the one on the good, uh, good ground are they which in an endless and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. Somebody say keep it. They keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So you keep it, you protect your heart, make it far away from being a wayside heart by keeping the word. A conscious effort of closing up the word in your heart. There is a way you can receive the word of God and it becomes a passing by. It enters one ear and moves to the other ear. But this aspect is talking about the good heart is the one that is number one, good and honest. Sincerity. It receives the word of God as though that is the, the end of everything. Sincerity. And then he says that he's able to keep it and bring it forth fruit with patience. And I told them that the good thing about the word of God is that it's a seed, but with patience, with patience practicing, with patience medita meditation, with patience fellowship, with patience, you realize that it starts to bear fruit and grow. So the Bible says that the fruitfulness of the word comes from a certain consistency and patience in handling the word of God. There are many of us that have been questioning the word of God. If this thing is it's true. Why, why did I practice it some time ago and it didn't work? If love is powerful, why did I practice it some time ago and it didn't work? If they are saying giving is good, why did I practice it some time ago and it didn't work? They are saying soul winning, when you win souls, God will bless you. I practiced it some time ago and it didn't work. No, the Bible says that when you keep it, you start bearing fruit with patience. It's a gradual working practicing it day after day day after day the day you come to believe that prayer is the word of god and is powerful the bible says what you have to do is to be praying daily consistently without ceasing you are not marking time you are just praying one year you are praying two years you are praying the bible said over time that word you received in your heart will begin to bear fruit that's why the bible says follow after them who through patience and faith obtained the promise and he comes back and begin to give us a sample like that of abraham through patience and through faith there is nobody in scriptures that god spoke to that patience didn't be the one that brought it to pass nobody in scripture that ever experienced the glory of god's word that it didn't take time god, if god tells you i've blessed you it's a seed you have to keep that word in your heart. Water it up with meditation, with prayer, with fervency in the spirit, with alignment with, with his leadership, in obedience. You keep on watering that word. So you, you received the prophecy some time ago and you just went back to sit down, waiting for it to manifest. You waited for first one year, didn't. You waited for second one, uh, uh, the second year, didn't. Then you gave up that the, the prophet was false. It's not true. That's not how the word of God works. Am I talking to a church here at all? That's not how the word of God works. Anytime you see somebody manifesting the word, you are looking at somebody who for over sometimes, 10 years, 15 years, has been consistently practicing one thing. One thing. One thing. That is why you not just in a minute or in a day receive all of somebody's grace by impartation. 
Because there are certain reservations of the graces that is left to practicing the word till it becomes fruitful. Oh, is somebody here with me at all? So it's, it's listen, there are things that is happening in my life right now. You can't just use laying of hands to get it. You can, get, you can use laying of hands to get the seed of it. But when you live here, you must begin to practice the things I practice. And then over time, that seed begins to bear fruit. Praise the living God. This is what we are going to do this year. With patience, consistently, then we begin to practice God's word. I just want every Christian, every believer, every child of God connected to this ministry to come to this consciousness that nothing works in this kingdom unless somebody is working the word. Nothing. One time, Jesus entered the wedding of Cana. Then his drink is finished. Then his mother came. He said that whatever this man tells you to do, just do. And I got, I got the whole method, the whole method of our Christian experience by that. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. We don't run with emotions in this kingdom. We don't. We practice. We practice it. We practice. I was shocked when I was meditating on this word and the Lord began to take me through certain things that are invincible to the eyes and I said God are these the things happening how can the church survive if we don't understand such mysteries of the kingdom Psalm 103 verse 20 quickly let's read it Psalm 103 verse 20 quickly quickly Psalm 103 verse number 20 alright let me read it let me read it Okay, if we have it, let's, let's read it together. One to go. Ye is angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Can you repeat it again? Bless the Lord. Ye is angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, Hearkening unto the voice of his word. David is prophesying to a point that he begins to prophesy the reality of the supernatural world. And he said, angels, bless the Lord. You that excel in strength. You that excel in strength. That do his commandments. That means even angels' strength and the excellency of their glory is connected to their obedience to God's word. Even angels. The more they obey, the more they excel. Am I, am I talking to a church here at all? There are some of you who think that the excellency of angels are automatic. It's not. Even angels. Even angels. There are angels that see more of God's glory because of their level of obedience. They see it. How much more you? That's why in the, in the book of Job, Job prophesied, Job chapter 5, he said, I saw I saw a spirit coming and the moment I saw the spirit even the hair on my skin began to stand up and he said that he began to describe God in that realm and he said he's so powerful that sometimes he charges his angels with folly with foolishness so there are some angels that goes on errands and come and God calls them that you are foolish so not all angels that's what God says 
there are some that he can point to them and say, you, you are a foolish guy. And any time God calls you foolish, you decrease in excellence. And he said that these angels keep excelling in strength by obeying God's word. That means no angel, no angel goes around wherever there is disobedience to God's word. Because their ranks are reduced. <laughs> Listen, that, that is why when God was sending, God was sending Moses. The Bible said, God told Moses, I will send my angel to go ahead of you. He said, when he goes ahead of you, this is the warning. Please, let's read it. Let's read it. Exodus 23, verse 20. Exodus 23, verse number 20. Can we all read it? One to go. I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Mm -hmm. Verse 21. Beware of him. Some, look at that. God is sending an angel to lead Moses and the people. And then God is warning Moses on the angel. <laughs> Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. <laughs> my name is in him. Beware of him and obey his voice. Then I'm going to tell you the voice of the angel from the next verse. 22. 22. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. That means the voice of the angel is what I speak. So if you obey the voice of the angel, you are obeying what I'm speaking. And he said that if you do not obey, the angel will be angry and will not spare you. Because anytime you don't obey, that means he is also disobeying. And he will reduce in excellence. And his anger will come after him. Hmm. That thing calls God's word. When God speaks, you are already doomed if you don't have value for God's word. You are already doomed. That is why the first conversation between the devil and Eve was, what, what is God saying? Tell me. What has God said? And then Eve begins to describe what God has said. That was the downfall of everything. When man tempered with what God has said. People of God, if the body of Christ does not come to a place where we hold in high esteem the word of the living God. We will be playing with the promises that we are expecting till today. There are many of us expecting that God said he will heal us. God said he will bless us. God said he will increase us. God said this. But do you know the condition that governs that domain, that, that kingdom, that rulership of God, that oppressions of God? Do you know the condition? The condition is simple. Do what he tells you. Do it. One of the demonic doctrines that ever hit the body of Christ was that there is nothing like do's and don'ts then there is nothing like the word of God. Am I talking to a church here? That means there is nothing like the word of God. John 14, 21. John 14, 21. Uh-huh. Continue. shall be loved of my father and I will love him 
and will manifest myself. You see, you see, he said, He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth. So Jesus knows those that love him. It's not people talking that they love him. He said, He that keeps my commandments, and you have to keep it. You have to keep it. There is no excuse why I forgot. Did you forget that you were hungry? Did you forget to wear clothes? Do you forget to wear shoes before you step out? You can't tell me you have forgotten God's word. He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. I know those who love me by those who do everything, every effort to keep my word. He that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. There are people that come out and say that Jesus visited me. These are the kind of people. Keepers of the word. Keepers of the word. You make it sink deep down into your heart. Keepers of the word. Verse 22. Verse 22. Judah said unto him, not his carrot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Is this real? If a man loves me, he will keep my words. He will keep my words. It will be something inside of him. He's not just quoting it. It's not just from the mind. It's in the heart. He practices. He said that such a person, I will love him. My father will love him. And we will make our abode with him. So the presence of God is around doers of the word. Doers. Doers. Christianity is too real for us to treat it the way we treat it. It's too real. The conditions are clear. Keep it. And I will know you love me. And I will come and dwell, make our abode. There are some of you this year, as you make practice. Yesterday I was, I was telling our cell family that if you can read four chapters a day of the Bible, you finish reading the Bible in a year. How many of you know that? Just four chapters a day, in the, a day, four chapters a day, you finish reading the Bible. And this is this, all, all the sacrifice you need to do. You read it, you keep it, you practice it. This is all the sacrifice you need to do to have God make you his home. The presence of God seated around you. That wherever you enter, you enter with God. This year there will be proof. There will be people that will be proofs of the presence of God everywhere in this church. Yeah. Am I talking to a church here at all? Wherever we enter, we will take God there. Because we are practitioners of his word. When you, listen, one of the things that, of the projects that I'm, I'm personally doing this year is to keep picking up the word of God as it is and consciously working it out. Working it out. Working it out. Working, because that is the only way if you work the word, God comes. If you stop, the devil comes. Please, are you hearing me at all? If God tells you keep it, then I'll come. That means if you don't keep it, who will come? Ask 26, verse 16. Let me show you something there. Ask 26, verse 16. Ask 26, verse 16. Can we read it? One to go. But rise and stand upon thy feet. 
for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of these things in which I will appear unto thee. Somebody said, this is, this is an encounter between Paul and Jesus. And he said, arise, I'm about to show you the purpose. The purpose. I have made you a minister and a witness, both of these things which you have seen and these things to come. He said, I've made you, I have called you for this purpose. Are you ready to hear the purpose? This is why Apostle Paul was called. Verse 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Verse 18. Let's all read that one. One to go. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. Can you see that? Wait. This is an assignment of the greatest apostle that we talk about. When he met Jesus one on one, Jesus said that this is the purpose for which I've called you. This is the purpose. And the purpose is that open people's eyes. And the moment their eyes are open, they will turn from darkness. And from the power of Satan. That means that nobody is leaving the grip of Satan until their eyes are open. You want to trivialize the word of God? You want to? Oil minus word, you'll still be in bondage. Water minus word, you'll be in bondage. Go and bath on the sea minus the word, you'll be in bondage. Am I talking to a church here? No deliverance until you carry a word. He said to open their eyes. To open their eyes. The moment their eyes are open, he said they will turn from darkness and into light. And from the power of Satan, 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 my God. So the devil does not release people. People walk away. Listen. Look at, go and, read your, go and read your Bible. The Bible says that Isaiah 14, when he was talking about Satan, he said he opened not his prison. So when Jesus entered there, Jesus had to walk away. Lift up your heads, O ye gate. Be ye lifted up. For the everlasting king, the king of glory, is coming. Jesus had to walk away. No man of God must carry you from the grip of Satan. He opens your eyes, so you walk away. That is how it works. If we don't understand the power of people practicing the word of God, we will remain in darkness forever. For you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's the truth that sets people free. I'm a voice out there and I'll keep on shouting it and trumpeting the truth. If I wish I can start a doctrine right now, see me and if I lay hands on you, everything is fine. Oh, you will believe with respect to the testimonies come. And I, if I late, it will happen. But if I start setting doctrine, you will have to need me for the rest of your life. But if I open your eyes, you will walk out. You will, you will walk out of the bondage. And anytime you come to me, you are not coming to me for deliverance. You are coming that we share the glory of God. And we fellowship with God together. That is the essence. How can you call an apostle like Paul and say your assignment is to open their eyes? If you open their eyes, they will start walking away. Deliverance is not a man taking you out. It's the man opening your eyes so you walk out. The day your eyes are open and you start to walk, that is where you know Satan is not powerful. He's not powerful. 
There were people whose eyes were open. They walked out of cancer as if the devil doesn't exist. There are people who in a day, one sermon, their eyes got open. My God, you will be living a pitiful life if your life is not saturated with the word. There are, listen, not all sermons are for you. But if you find the one that is for you, listen to it like 50 times until your eyes are open. The moment your eyes are open, that's the end of poverty. That's the end. That's the end. Have time. Have time. That's why the Bible calls the word of God light. Light. In him was life. And the life became the light of man. Whenever people encounter the word, they receive life. And then the life becomes the light. Glory to Jesus. That's the life we are living. I'm telling you. That's why we do everything to pursue light. We do everything to, to study. We do everything to meditate. We do everything because we have seen how to work out. Whenever I'm in a challenge, I'm not looking for the next direction. I'm looking for the next word. Whenever I find a challenge, you'll find me scrolling through my scriptures, scrolling through my Bible. Lord, is there a scripture for me? Is there a scripture for me? Lord, show me a scripture. Lord, show me a scripture. In the moment I locate a scripture that addresses the situation, that's my end. I know and I know and I know that devil. That's why the, do you know the meaning of devil? Deceiver. Deceiver. That's why his greatest strength is to deceive you. His job every day is to sway you from seeing the light. From seeing the light. The devil is excited if you gather like this and no light was released. That's a field day for the devil. That's a successful day for the devil. Sometimes a successful service for us is when the church is full. But the devil, a successful service for him is when we gathered but no truth was dispensed. <laughs> That's a successful and powerful service for the devil. It's a turning. Why? Because some time ago, he was called Lucifer. Lucifer means light bearer. So all truth of God was resident in him. All of all, all of God's truth was resident in Lucifer. So you see what? The devil knows what you must do to be free from him. He knows the protocols of your God more than you. And he will do everything. That is why the day that we have to teach a protocol of God that will set you free, he won't let you come to church. <laughs> because all of God's truth is resident in the man. And his assignment today is to perverse the truth. The devil is, he knows what he's doing. His assignment is to keep perversing the truth. To keep perversing the truth. Massaging it, overturning the truth. So that what you are fed with, how can it be possible that grace and truth came by Jesus? That means there is a body of truth that must set humanity free. Jesus. Do I have a church here? I wish that you understand this. You understand it so you know how peculiar you are as a child of God that we are not running by the government and the laws of this world we have a higher law the Bible calls it the law of life that is governing us as many as are led by the Spirit they are the children of God we are with open faces beholding us in a glass the glory of the living God are changed into the same image from glory to glory so you know how you can change your next level he said but you begin to behold when you begin to behold you are changed oh 
the wickedness that ever hit the body of Christ was another perverse agenda that showed Christianity that there are other options apart from God's word. That serpent that showed up in the Garden of Eden by Revelation 12, the Bible describes him as a dragon. He's advanced. He's advanced. So today, most of the information he's bringing out, there's no difference between truth and that one. Do you know, it is in Revelation 19, that time rapture would have happened and the bride of God has prepared themselves to meet him. It is that time that Jesus will announce, the angel of the Lord will declare to us that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Christ. It is that time. So from now, from now to rapture, it's possible that the church will never know what prophecy is until rapture. It's in Bible. It's in Bible. It is at that time that all of us, our eyes will open. Somebody asked me a question that the Bible says that the prophecy of Job, a, a teacher of the word says that the prophecy of Job, did, a, of, of Joel, did not happen in Acts chapter 2. And I laughed. I said, it happened. He said, when Joel said that the, uh, in the last day, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and my sons and daughters will prophesy. He said that that, that prophecy, uh, that word has not yet happened. That is not what happened in Acts chapter 2. I laughed. I said, Lord, what kind of teachers is coming in this generation? When Peter said that that day is fulfilled, you are saying it's not fulfilled. Why? Because we don't understand prophecy. What he didn't know was that that day, the apostles were speaking in different languages, but the Bible says that two things were happening. They were glorifying God and they were speaking of Jesus. So the teachers of this generation read Acts chapter 2 and it was all preaching about Jesus and they said, Joel 2 is not fulfilled. Why? Because they didn't see hometown there. I know you won't like me for this, but let me tell the truth. Joel 2 was fulfilled because Peter began to explain the resurrection of Jesus. That is the spirit of prophecy. The reason why, the reason why I have the mandate to do some of these things is because it's not that I don't prophesy, but the truth must be told. Anytime Jesus is being preached to you, your future is being preached. Your presence is being preached. Your past is being preached. Your past is that he took your sins on the cross. Your presence is that as he is, so are you. Your future is that when you look upon him, you shall be like him. That is it. That's your future. And by him, we will be with him. We are going to be with Jesus. That is it. He is our past. He is our present. He's our future. He's the totality of the prophetic message about our lives. That's why the Bible says that in time past, he spoke to our fathers in diverse ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Hebrews 1, he has spoken to us by his son. That means when you tell God, give me a word, he will give you son. He has spoken to us by his son, has in this last day spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Jesus owns everything. No matter the prophecy you receive, if it is not Jesus you were, were, that was given to you, that means nothing was given to you. Because he's the heir of all things. Not until you have him, you don't have a hope for anything. Do I have an understanding church here? You don't have a hope for anything. Come on. 
This is even logic, simple mathematics. Matthew chapter 11, he said, thank you that you have revealed these things to babies, that you have delivered all things to me. You have delivered all things to me. He finished and said that, therefore, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, you have revealed this to them because you have delivered all things to me. Come on. What will take you to your next level is not in your hometown. All things are delivered to him. Anytime a part of him is revealed to you, a part of the things are given to you. Seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness and all other things shall be added. The kingdom is your prophecy. I don't know. I don't know what to do to let this word of God settle in the heart of believers. Somebody shout, Jesus is my word. Jesus is my prophecy. In the name of Jesus. Shout it loud and clear. Jesus is my prophecy. In the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus is my prophecy. My God. We will not fall for any spirit of error again. First John 4, 5. First John 4, 5. Can we read that one to go? They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So everything about the world is a spirit of error. He said the people of this world can only hear those that are of the world. But those that are of God, except those that know God, that hears us. He said this is how we separate the spirit of truth. And the spirit of error. That means there is something called the spirit of error that can come upon a person and every step the person takes is an error. Can I, can I continue? <laughs> the spirit of error. So it's possible that that means everything the world is doing is in error. But will the philosophers allow us to tell them? Will the, their musicians allow us to tell them that they are working in error? And the Bible says they are in error. Their kind of songs are in error. The fact that they want to show their bodies at all, at all costs is an error. But would they allow us to tell them? The fact that they promote evil is an error. Corruption is an error. It's an error that can lead a man to eternal condemnation. It's an error. But they will not allow us that carry the spirit of truth. Truth is a spirit. It comes upon you and your heart, everything about you, yeah for the ways of God. Oh, this year no one will walk in error. Amen. One time Jesus said that you do error because you don't know the scripture. You do error. So there is a place of error. Jude told them, do not go after the error of Bilam. Do not go after the error of Bilam. And what was the error of Bilam? God said, don't go. Bilam found a reason to go. Error. There are marriages that are error. There are certain travelings that are an error. There are certain jobs you get, it's an error. There are people, some of you, you call besties, it's an error. It's a spirit of error fostering that agenda. There are some of you into all kinds of dubious lifestyle, corrupt lifestyle, defiled lifestyle. Listen, the Bible said it's, an, it's a spirit of error. And when the spirit of error attacks a person, the Bible says that he will not let them listen to those speaking out of the spirit of truth. 
This is why we preach a lot. But not many people are changing. Because there is a spirit of error that counters the spirit of truth. He said, by this you know the difference. Grace Mountain, we step out of the spirit of error. The oppression of the spirit of error. I said, we step out of it in the name of Jesus. It is by this spirit that one day many people will stand before the Lord and say, did we not prophesy in your name? It was a spirit of error. They didn't know even what prophecy is. <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't know. Did we not heal in your name? The fact that you are doing something in the name of Jesus does not mean that it's in truth. No. Over 400 prophets prophesied the same thing. Micaiah came and said, no, that's not it. And the king believed the majority. Because sometimes majority carries the vote. But the spirit of truth can sometimes, in among a thousand people, sometimes the spirit of truth can be working among only 10. And 990 can be in spirit of error. It was after that that Micaiah came and said, God said he will send a lying spirit. So actually God has a, a, one of the spirits called the lying spirit that works for him. <laughs> so God can send a lying spirit to a generation if he wants to destroy the generation. That generation feels they are doing the right thing, but it's a lie and falsehood. This year I prophesy again by the working of the spirit of truth. May everybody here walk in path of righteousness, in the path of truth, in the path of alignment with God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I stand for truth. Don't fear anything. Stand for truth. Don't fear anything. What you see in scriptures, follow it. Don't be moved by names of churches. Don't be moved by names of pastors. Don't. Don't. Last time I called all the pastors in this church, I told them that the day you see me deviating, and it's not you deviating and you call me deviating, but actually I am perversing the word of God, and you follow me, you are a fool. I told them. I told them. You are. I told them. Anybody that sees me deviating, and deviating scripturally, and I'm not teaching the truth, and you follow me, you are a fool. If you find my life different from the word, and you keep following me. Paul said that imitate me as I imitate Christ. It must be a line. A straight line. A straight line. Many of us have been following men who have diverted from Christ a long time. If your loyalty is to a man whose loyalty is not to Christ, you are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the only time your loyalty must be for a man is when you know the man's loyalty is to Christ. That means that your, your loyalty is in a straight line. But if your loyalty is to a man whose loyalty is not to Christ, oh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through Christ in the pulling down stronghold casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Every high thing that that's the spirit of error. There is a spirit that makes you do things that are outside the knowledge of God. It's a spirit of error. Every high thing. That was the high thing that was broken in the Red Sea. Pharaoh, let my people go. He said, who are you? That's Leviathan. Every high thing. 
that exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Then you read the last part. Subjecting every thought. Bringing every thought. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of what? To, oh my God, did I hear you? To the obedience of what? Every thought. Every thought. Every thought in this room must obey Jesus. That's the agenda. Continue for me. Continue. Because there is a day disobedience will be punished. He said, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So there is a day when God will punish all disobedience. All disobedience. And it will happen when our obedience is fulfilled. That means our obedience must be growing to a point. You can't sit in church and be doing what you want. You must obey. You must obey. You must. Let me end you today with this. First John chapter 2, verse 9. Let me see. First John chapter 2, verse number 9. Oh, let's start from verse 8. And let's read it quickly. Which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. Somebody say the true light. Hallelujah. Verse 9. He that said he is in the light and hated his brother is in darkness even until now. Listen, he's writing to a church. That means that you can be in the church and be in darkness. He said that anybody claiming to be in light that hates his brother, you're already in darkness until now. That means you, for us that said we walk out of darkness into God's marvelous light, you are not part of it. When you get time for God's word, these are things that he shows you. Every time I will see this scripture and pass by, I read it and pass by, because I thought that it was a, a, a figurative something. I thought it was a metaphor. That darkness means that um, ignorance or representing something. Then recently the Lord told me that darkness there is a reality in the spirit. Anyone that walks hating a brother is in darkness. So spiritually, such a person has a dark atmosphere around the person. Jesus Verse 10, let's read it quickly. Loved his brother, abide in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. Mm -hmm. Verse 11. But he that hated his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not where he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his So there is a there are some group of people who are literally, it's a literal darkness. It's a literal, you see, when the Holy Spirit started, started teaching me with this, that is where he referred me to a vision I had some time ago that I was casting devils. One time I had a vision. I came to service. And when I came, the whole room was filled with smoke. Dark. And you people were worshipping. Everybody was worshipping. Everybody was worshipping in the smoke, in darkness. Everybody in this church, everybody was worshiping. So I, I came in and I started ordering the ashes, opening the windows, so that, and they started opening the windows, and some of the smoke started going out. I finished and I was casting out devils. Then the Lord 
spoke to me recently that no this was the condition and the atmospheres around people who were offended and bitter in the church he said he said what you had to deal with was the spirit of offense and bitterness you i only opened your eyes to see the atmospheres people were bringing into the church they were in darkness literal darkness and they were walking into the church literal darkness and we were worshiping in the darkness we were worshiping and he said that anybody that keeps on hating his brother is in darkness and is blind but the one that is full of love he said he's in light and there is no stumbling because he knows what to do no error he knows what to do no error Ephesians chapter 4 he says that be angry and sin not did you see that? Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun. Oh, come on. Are we not Bible students? Let not the sun. Then what's the next verse? Give no place to the devil. Give no place. So look at the calculation. Be angry and sin not. How do you get angry and you are not sinning? When the sun does not go down. So, when you are angry, you are permitted to be angry until the sun goes down. The moment the sun goes down and your anger is still there, a place is created for Satan. Let them read it. Verse 27. What's the next verse? Column. Column. Neither give place to the devil. That means any time you become, the only time you are free from the devil's manipulation when you are angry is when the sun has not yet gone down. It's a spiritual reality. It's a spiritual reality. So when you get angry in the morning, be checking the clock. It says, listen, the moment the sun goes down, darkness starts forming around you. Darkness starts forming around you. Never let this be a joke to you. Many of us are in darkness. Many of us. And it's a literal darkness that exists around us there is no shining forth the moment we come close there is an atmosphere of darkness that moves around us he says that make sure the sun does not go down don't don't let it go down don't let it go down so if you have been angry for more than 12 hours the devil knows when to come around when you were angry in the morning he can't come now he can't but after 5 p.m., even if you eat communion, he'll come. <laughs> Have you seen how it works? Even if you fast, he'll come. No matter what you do, he said that there is a place for him. If somebody's anger goes beyond sunset, there's a place for the devil. So you see how we put ourselves into all kinds of captivity. And we come back and say, is Christianity not real? Christianity is real. We are not real. Between us, between me, I will always tell myself, between me and the word of God, I am fake. The word of God can never be fake. It works. It works. So if I'm not getting anything out of the word of God, I am the fake one. I must now start to assess my life and analyze my life to know where God, I'm failing God in a particular side of his word. I was amazed when Moses went into the 
into Egypt. God himself told Moses that I'm giving you a sign. When you go, put your rod there. Let it turn into a snake. He said, I will work many signs with you to prove that I am God. But I'm shocked that when Moses entered Egypt, Moses just did enter there and start to go and show people that I'm putting my rod down. I'm working miracles. Every single thing that Moses did, God told him first. It's time to turn water to blood. It's time to strike for frogs to come. It is time to strive for flies and lies to come. It is time to turn the rod into sin. Everything. That means that nobody does anything. It doesn't matter the promise and the command God has given you. You have to wait for his signal. When you study the word of God to a point, you get to have understanding to how to live and walk with him. God can tell you go, but before you move, ask him first. Nobody does any. Do you think that Jesus didn't know that he... Didn't know Isaiah chapter 61 was about him. You think he didn't know? For 30 years, Jesus knew. 30 years, Jesus knew. But he had to go and fast 40 days, 40 nights. To come back with the command from heaven that it is time. This day has the word been fulfilled. He will tell, he will tell Abraham, go to a land that I will show you. Just go. Just go. The more you study the word of God, the more you realize that you don't have a life of your own. There's a manual to guide you day after day, day after day, day after day. These are things that settles in your heart and you know that you don't own yourself. You are under divine command. This is how the word of God works. To somebody, the fact that he's anointed, anywhere he goes, the fact that he's anointed, anything he does, it doesn't work that way. When you grab hold of the word of God, you realize that not anything at all can be done, even though God said it should be done. Do you think Jesus didn't know he was coming to die? But at a point in time, he said, my hour has not come. Another time, he said, now is the hour. From today, may your ears be open to the instructions of the Lord. Amen. A philosopher said something. He said that it may be your time, but not your turn. We are all in the time, but it's ten by ten. So sometimes we may hold on to the word of God and begin to declare something that the time is up, the time is up, the time, it may be up, but the time is the issue. Is the issue. You hold on to God's word. Hold on to it. And you, that is where you know that Christianity is not fake. There are some of you understanding this mystery. And then you go out and you begin to seek the face of God as he has said, Lord, what did you say this year should be? What did you say? Do you know that if I got the team wrong, we wouldn't be seeing what we are seeing today? And it's possible I would have just grabbed any, any church's team and say, I've got it. But that's not how it works. He told the children of Israel, I am leading you. I'm leading you by the way of the wilderness. I'm leading. He wants to be in charge. You will this thing, eh, this thing can never be a conviction until you take your Bible and read it yourself. This morning I was doing my quiet time. Then I hit on a, a place. Boom. I said, God. I was studying when God was instructing the, uh, the children of Israel through Moses. And then it got to a point. And this was the word. Do not delay. Do not delay in the giving of your first fruit. Do not delay. The issue is that don't give. It's the issue is whether to give or not to give. He said, don't delay. Come on. Come on. Don't delay. Jesus, thou shalt not delay to offer the first 
of thy right foot. I didn't care about the rest. My word was the delay. That means whatever I have to do for God must be done quick. In fact, he must be the priority, the first, the preeminence. Everything about him must be fast. No delays. So you see, you see that you're coming to church late. It's a trouble with him. No delay. Anything that must be done for him must be done without delay. If he tells you to fast, fast without delay. If he tells you to win souls, win without delay. If he tells you to give, give without delay. If he tells you to be prayerful, pray without delay. The issue is the delay. Sometimes we want to do it, but we play with God as though we are playing with men. Let me think about it. From today, Safopare Shadadai. He says that pray without season. The day you see that word, you don't delay. You don't. You don't. Pray without season means be fast. Start it early. Start it early. Start it early. Start it. I don't know what you have been told. I don't know what God has instructed you, but it's a matter of no delay. It's a matter of no delay. That word has done something to my heart right now. It was my Bible devotion this morning. No delay. No. 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 Everything that must be done must be done as at the time he wants it done. No delay. Don't look at me when I'm delaying to break God's word. If I delay, don't. What did I say right now? If I delay, don't. If you will trivialize anything in this world, please, don't touch God's word. Let it have a free flow around your life as it is. This is where we will begin to see the power that the ancient men so, in their day, don't procrastinate. Don't tell yourself tomorrow it will be well. I, tomorrow I'll try. No. I told you last time about the difference between Cain and Abel. The Bible says that and Cain gave an offering to the Lord. And Abel gave the first. Have you read that before? The first. That's where the deal is. How special is God in your daily running, daily life? How special is God? Where have you placed God? You finish everything before you do devotion. When you have spare time, that is when you go to church. When you are, everything is convenient for you. Everything is convenient. That is where you find a way to now attend to God. This is the trouble of my generation. This is the trouble of our time. Can you give God your body? Can you give him your time? I beseech thee therefore, by the mercies of the Lord, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Don't give God things that are unacceptable. 
give him things that are acceptable unto God. Practice this for three months and tell you something will shift in your life. Something will shift. A consciousness of placing God first in everything you do. Studying the word as though it's your life and you begin to practice it. I'm not in haste to live here. It's the, it's the month of love. And Jesus said, anyone that keeps my word is the one that loves me. That means I will stay here till you start keeping the word. That's the proof of your love for Jesus. It's not every month we talk about your love for men and women. This time we are discussing your love for God. You keep the word in your heart and you do it in season and out of season. If this whole church can walk in God's word, there is no telling to the manifestations that we will see. These testimonies you are seeing every Sunday is the least of it. If we all decide to practice the word, practice the word, what we are going to see is untold. Lord, I thank you for your word that you have released into the heart of your people. Thank you for breaking satanic atmospheres. That darkness has been dissipated. And every falsehood and every cage and every satanic manipulation has been sent out into the thin wind. And your people from today, their hearts and eyes will be open to walk through the gates of hell and the gates of bondage that they will step into their lands and the glorious places that you have destined for them. I thank you that somebody here, not even all, one person, life will change forever Amen. by the word that has come to them. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor Elvis Ajeman. Pastor Elvis is a dynamic teacher of the Word of God. He's an author, a passionate preacher of God's Word, with a desire of transforming lives in the power of the Spirit. His ministry is characterized by a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost, with accompanying signs, wonders, and uncommon miracles. He's the head pastor of Grace Mountain Ministry, located at Seven Days Junction, off the Achimota of Ancor Barrier, you can follow the ministry of Pastor Elvis Ajiman on any of his social media handles at Pastor Ajiman Elvis or Grace Mountain Ministries. Or you can call us on 0552-504-085 or 0548-003-360. God richly bless you.